0: Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms and with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, in love love. is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory.
1: Morning, everyone. My name's Kat. Um, I'm a member of St. Nick's, and I've got the privilege of starting this brand new sermon series on Ephesians. Now, Ephesians is a book um, that's a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, and it's giving the church this really encouraging big picture vision of who the church is and where they're going. Um, So this sermon series is going to be focusing on what it says in verse 3 that we just heard read to us, which is every spiritual blessing in Christ. Um, And the spiritual blessing we're going to have a look at this morning is purpose. So I wonder what you or people you know might say if I asked you what the purpose or the meaning of life was. I wonder whether somebody might throw a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy quote at you potentially and say it's 42. Or maybe you might get a huge range of different um, thoughts and opinions on that. It's probably one of those really key and fundamental questions that all humans have um, and that can seem quite intimidating because of that. Um, but um, interestingly I did have the experience actually of being asked that question very directly Um, I was in a year 9 RE lesson so 13 year old cat trying her best to blend in and not be asked any questions but unfortunately it was me that was chosen to ask the question Catherine what is the meaning of life I panicked (laughs) and said what first came to my head, which was to get a good job. And I thought, good job, Kat, actually, that's really good because that is what school told me from day one. You come, you get your good GCSEs, you get your good job, everything will work out brilliantly. Um, However, um, I thought I'd done a good job and my teacher would move on, but she did not. She kept saying, but why, why does that matter? why? What's the point? And I thought, I have absolutely no idea. i would never given it any thought, which I think is fair enough for a 13-year-old. But it might be that actually maybe part of me didn't really want to think about it. Um, it's, It's such a big question. Sometimes it's easier just to put that to one side. But I thought it was quite interesting on reflection that actually, despite the fact I'd been raised in a Christian home um, and would have called myself a Christian at that point, it never occurred to me that actually the answer to that question might lie in my faith. And I wonder when I posed the question earlier, maybe you too thought you'd come up with the right answer. Um, of course, any question asked in a Christian context, surely the answer is always Jesus. Isn't that right? Um, but maybe like me, you would have really struggled if asked to unpack that much further. Um, so we're going to have a look um, at this bit in Ephesians, because it was really encouraging, because it shows us that actually Christians have great purpose, be that on an individual level, but also on a collective level. Um, Sneak preview, the answer is Jesus, but I'm hoping that we're going to be able to unpack that um, in a little bit more depth this morning. So, I'm going to be talking about how this passage talks about how we have purpose as individuals, but also a much bigger picture purpose that Paul writes about a purpose to be united in Christ and under his authority. And that plan is not just a plan for us or the whole of humanity, it's for all of creation which is really exciting. So it might be helpful for you to have the passage open in front of you on a phone or on a device or something if you don't have a, um, a Bible with you uh, this morning, because um, I'll probably end up jumping around a bit, because Paul likes to jump around and tie in different ideas from different sections and revisit ideas. Um, so, Yeah. So let's have a look first at how Paul um, shows us that we have purpose as individuals. I'm going to look particularly at verse 4, looking at how we are so loved. Verse 4 says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. So God loved us and chose us. This is probably one of the most beautiful things about our faith, that we serve a God that is so deeply relational. He loves us. He's not some distant character in the sky who pulls some strings occasionally. He actually loves us. And what's even better, especially if you waver towards skepticism like I do sometimes... Is that Paul details how actually he proves that love. He doesn't just say it, but he puts that love in action. Um, and Paul talks about how Jesus was uh, died and rose again for us so that our relationship with God can be restored. Verse 4 also mentions how we are chosen. We're created, we're chosen to be in a relationship with God. And that wasn't a last minute add-on or an accidental benefit to the plan. That was um, a deliberate choice. And the Gospels show us the story of Jesus, how he deliberately makes a series of sacrificial choices to choose to show his love to us on the cross. So to be loved and chosen are things that we have absolutely no control over. We can't earn it, we can't bargain for it. It is given to us regardless of who we are, who we were, or who we will be. All we can do is accept that love and rejoice in the purpose and the value that it gives to us. However, I am aware that accepting that you're loved and accepting by your love, that you're loved by God can be really very challenging for some people. Um, And I just felt prompted that maybe this morning, particularly as it's a communion session actually, um, might be a really good opportunity for some of us to re-engage with how we react and respond to that knowledge. Um, So verse 5 shows how we're a people of purpose when we relate to each other and God through Christ. It talks about how Jesus' sacrifice means that we are adopted into God's family. Adoption is this really beautiful image that Paul is using, particularly giving the context of when and who he's writing to. He's writing to the Gentiles. So these are people who are not Jews, which I would guess is probably all of us here this morning. Um, So these are the people that didn't belong to all of the promises that God gave his people in the Old Testament part of the Bible. So the Gentiles are being very literally bought into that family, bought into those promises and that relationship with God via adoption. This image of adoption is also really significant because of what adoption meant in the Roman world, which is when this letter was written. So it's something that was mainly done by the upper classes when they didn't have an heir. And when someone was adopted into a family, they would um, inherit all of their assets, but they would also take on the status of the adopting family. Um, So when verse 11 says, Furthermore, because we are united in Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. When we are adopted by God, We fully belong to that family. We take on his holy status and we inherit eternal life. And that's a pretty incredible purpose. I was particularly struck actually in this section of Ephesians that it talks about how God feels about this. Um, Verse 5 and verse 9 talks about how this plan gives God great pleasure. So this relationship isn't one of obligation. It's not, oh, he's Father God, so he has to love us. He takes great pleasure in loving us. We talk a lot about God's love for us and how we love him, which is brilliant and correct. But this kind of hints at a sort of almost meta level of love, the fact that God loves loving us. And I was really struck by that this morning um, when I was planning this. Um, And it actually made me think of a song, actually. It's going around the social media platform TikTok. Please don't judge me. (laughs) Um, But it's a song called I Get to Love You um, by an artist called Ruel. And the lyrics are, I get to love you. It's the best thing I'll ever do. I'll get to love you. It's a promise I'm making to you. And I really felt like God really wanted to speak that over us this morning, and particularly maybe there might be some specific individuals for that, that that's particularly resonating with, that God loves loving you. So Ephesians talks about how us as individuals, but also as a church, have a purpose to be holy so um verse 4 says that bit about how he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. So holy is quite a difficult word to understand because we only use it really in the context of God. But the definition that most helped me is thinking about it as being set apart for a specific purpose. Now God is holy and he calls us us to be holy too. But there's absolutely the cross, though, means that God now sees us as blameless, as sinless, as without all the baggage that we carry around with with ourselves. Um, And Jesus only did that because he loves us. So his death and resurrection is the only way that we can live those holy lives. So being holy is a consequence of what Jesus did as an act of love on the cross. So all that being said, most of the section of Ephesians actually isn't really talking about how the individual relates to those promises. It's talking about how the church as a whole does. And Paul puts those promises in their much bigger picture when he talks about in verse 9 how God revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ. This part of Ephesians shows how we're part of this much bigger purpose for us and all of creation to be under the authority of Christ. Like at verse 10, it says, this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything on heaven and earth. So Israel was initially chosen as being set apart from the rest of humanity to demonstrate God's love and power. So in Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 6, it says, You are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his own possession out of the, from the rest of humanity, um, out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. This purpose of being chosen by God, Paul then explains that that's expanded to the Gentiles, everybody who isn't a Jew, through Christ's sacrifice for all. So verse 12 and 13 says, God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. So Jesus saves all who believe, he loves us, he adopted us, and he made us holy. So what we as believers are seeing as we live in relationship with God, as we're united in Christ and functioning as adopted co-heirs with Christ, is this first indicator of what the world will look like when it's all brought under the authority of Christ. So essentially, God's amazing plan is to bring the world into the perfect state it was before sin entered it. And our purpose as individuals and as a whole church is rooted in that knowledge, knowing that that's God's big plan and that we're part of it. So Christians are people of great purpose because we know that there's this much bigger plan of it and it encompasses all of creation. Because we know we're part of this, it gives weight and purpose and value to everything we do. So this knowledge has knock-on impacts across our whole lives, be that our money, our resources, our time, our relationships, So I'll just kind of talk about one of those things really briefly this morning. Um, So when we have that knowledge, our relationships, for example, have so much greater depth to them. So our relationships to each other as Christians are of brothers and sisters in this amazing adopted family that God has created. And that gives us this freedom to operate from a position of safety um, and of belonging that it's possible that lots of our other relationships don't necessarily have in the same way. Um, And Ephesians also shows us how God is so inclusive with his, um, with his, uh, an invitational in his wanting to include everybody in that adopted family and our relationships can be equally inclusive and um, invitational. So I'll just give you a little example of how I've experienced that at St. Nick's. Um, I've certainly experienced how church can be real family here. Um, So a few years ago, I um, had the opportunity of actually living with a few families in St. Nick's while I was undergoing the highly stressful scenario of trying to buy my first flat. Um, and it was just such an incredible time of being so loved and so cared for and so built up um, that even my parents, who don't live in the city, they're from Bristol, who were only communicating with me really through the phone, um, could tell that actually there was something in me that had changed as a result of the fact that I was um, having such this kind of um sort of familial relationship with people they didn't even know um, all the way across the country up in Nottingham. Um, and they were, saw, saw such a, a change in me that they were so exceptionally moved by that. And I think that that is one of the many ways that Christians live really distinctive lives um, as a result of living with this bigger purpose. And that will look slightly different to each of us, um, depending on the context that God has given us. But what we can be confident in is that God has definitely given us a big picture purpose, um, both individually and collectively, to participate in his plan to bring his kingdom. So let's pray. Father God, thank you that you love loving us, and your love and big plan gives us purpose. Would your spirit help us to find those unique ways that you've given us to contribute to bringing your kingdom to Nottingham and in our context? Amen.